Well, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferrer and John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor back with us after a couple of days of of doing of, of being productive, as opposed to Mark and I, who uh, a couple of days of liquoring up and talking about sports. So uh, jump back in, Jeff. Uh, liquor, get liquored up, and let's talk about a freaky and amazingly entertaining. Uh, I will not listen to anybody who's like, those games weren't great. And I was seeing a lot of that on Twitter. What a fun weekend, Mark Ferreira. Um, I guess in the era of COVID, we talked about it. Home field advantage ain't what it used to be. No, that's for sure. You know, when you don't have fans in the stands, it changes things. It can make a difference. It really can. Tennessee had a lot of people in there because, you know. Of course. Um, But uh, (laughs) And New Orleans did too, I think. And it didn't seem to be as many in New Orleans. Um, no one, no one in Seattle, right? No one in DC. You you had to have hated that Seattle had a big like shrine to the twelfth man in their stadium, Mark, and it was right behind the bench, and it was a that much just angered you. Well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, what it annoys me at this point in time, but they're not there. They can't right. celebrate it. They can't go look at us. Look at How us much to celebrate. It's just this monument. It's like this. De- it's like a dead language at this point in time. You know, it's like Latin. So it's just there. There's nothing. There's nothing around it. It just. It's a monument to something that was. Wow. And then they All lied. Right. It was you, man. Just, just, just the the vitriol still for the Seattle fans is is right there. All right. Okay. Now I want to ask you for you. I'm going to lay it out for me. Um, what was the most surprising? Um, I was obviously I was a little bit surprised that Taylor Heineke, who played very, very well for Washington, that he could keep uh, the Washington football team in the game. We knew the defense could. I thought that defense played pretty well against Tom Brady and his million weapons. Um, But that, you know, minor surprise there. Um, Indianapolis and uh, and Buffalo, kind of what we thought, really. Um, Yep. Yep. They, it's too bad for Indy that they're not getting better quarterback play. Rivers wasn't horrible, but particularly in the second half, their offense just really, really um, couldn't get a lot done. So not terribly surprising there. New Orleans and Chicago, boy, you take your hat off to the Chicago defense. That is a very good defensive football team. And it's not all Mitch Trubisky's fault. We didn't play great in the game. He wasn't horrible. It's just their offense in general. Their offensive line, they couldn't run the football. But, boy, they're wasting a good defense in Chicago. So, situation is uh, exactly what we expect Normal. To be yep. in Chicago at any given time. Uh, Tennessee and Baltimore, the slugfest, I think everyone expected it to be. Uh, kudos to Lamar for yep. kind of erasing that. Can't win the playoff game. Can't come Love back. From- with a huge Bye. play, by the way, with a signature play. Absolutely. Absolutely perfect. Boy, those two teams, uh, those two teams just hate each other. It's just so apparent. Um, and the Rams and Seattle, we talked about, you know, division rivals, how good that Rams defense is. I don't think we talked enough about the fact that Seattle had been playing poorly, really, over the last four or five weeks. They had not played particularly well, uh, in, at least consistently in stretches, which gets me to Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Now, I'm not shocked that Cleveland could win the football game because they run the ball really well. And Nick Chubb is is a is a monster. I mean, he is he's very, very good. It's good to see, too. I like him a lot. Um, But to me, Pittsburgh looked unprepared and tired, Mark, and they rested everybody the week before. Um, 
That's my biggest surprise of the weekend. Not again that Cleveland could win one. I know 17 years they haven't won in Pittsburgh, but this is a different Cleveland team. I think we agreed. And boy, talk about overcoming. Their head coach is in a basement with a 60-inch television, which is literally what I would have lived for when I was 15. Um, they've got they've had as many guys with COVID issues as anybody in the league. But my surprise is really on the other side of the football. Um Pittsburgh, um, Mike Tomlin, it, they just they just did not seem like they were into that game. And, you know, the, the very first snap over the head for the touchdown, which we saw, you know, in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Seattle and um, several years ago with Seattle and Denver. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's certainly something that if you're on a t- – I think we would all agree. If you're on a team and something like that happens, there is a momentary – where you just think, oh, holy hell, maybe it's not our night. But boy, they just, they never responded, Mark. And and I think as much, I want to celebrate Cleveland because they, they were, they balled out from the opening whistle. But boy, Pittsburgh, that looked like a tired, disinterested football team. And yet, and yet, with the initial play, with the fact that it didn't look like Connor or Roethlisberger wanted to recover the ball, <laughs> uh, just... Uh, and the fact that they were down 28 nothing in yeah. the first quarter, they were down 35-23 uh, with a fourth and one. Yeah, but don't that you they, think that that had a that lot they, to do with Cleveland's defense? Cleveland's defense backed off. And I think if you can criticize them anywhere, I think maybe they, they took their foot off the pedal a little bit more defensively. Well, but I think what happened is, is that defensively they did, sure, but offensively they did as well. You know, yeah. they they – Obviously, you know, they scored 28 points in the first quarter, and by essentially the fourth quarter, it's it's 35. Yeah. So Pittsburgh was Pittsburgh was in that game and had a chance to move the ball. They had a fourth down and one at, at some point in time. Fourth down and one at the 46. Now it's at the 46, you're right, but you've got all the momentum. It, you've, you, you've outscored them 23 to 7 now. You're now only two two scores away, two possessions away. You have played like crap, like you have said. You yeah. have played uncharacteristic Pittsburgh Steeler football, although maybe if you really study the postseason in the last 10 years with the Steelers, it might be actually characteristic. Derek Abbott yelling at you in the comments, by the way. Fourth and one. <laughs> yes. No, that's what I'm, t- I'm talking yeah, about. That, no, that I know. Yeah, yeah. You go for that. You make that. You you you. You know, put your foot down. The momentum is ours. We're the Pittsburgh Steelers, damn it. You guys are, fo- you know, this this is a fluke. And we've finally woken up. We've outscored you 23 to 7. And you keep that drive going. And you make it a one-possession game. Well, not only did they punt, but then they allowed a touchdown in six plays. Huge chunk plays. They could never, by, they could by never. The, uh, by, by the Cleveland they, Browns. They stole momentum. You're right. A couple of times they did steal momentum in that game. And you could feel it. Um, and again, I think part of their success on offense was that Cleveland was just like, you know what? If you want to have nine-minute drives, we're doing the math. <laughs> have have another nine-minute drive because uh, that helps us in, in certain respect. But you're right. When they did capture some momentum, they could not capitalize on it. And and that was as surprising as yeah. the start. The start was just shocking. Absolutely shocking that they're yeah. down twenty-eight nothing in the first quarter. That's just unheard. You guys couldn't tackle anybody, Mark. And it's also shocking when you look at the line. You know, uh, Roethlisberger. How many uh, attempts did he have, John? Two hundred and ninety-six. Threw the ball two hundred and ninety-six times. 
had over he had actually he had 47 completions, yards, right? He had 47 five, completions in the game. 500 yards, John, and four touchdowns. Yeah. But, but those four interceptions, yeah, were brutal. Right. They were and, absolutely brutal. And a couple of those were balls that got batted up in the air. I mean, he had one that honestly was the best. He had the best pass he threw all day was that pass that he threw to the Cleveland defender, hit him right in the hands. I mean, right in front of him. It was um, a beautiful throw. Um, you know, a couple of those were batted around. Um, but, you know, so much of that yardage, Mark, and that's why, you know, yardage for quarterbacks, we talk about this all the time. You know, you look at the guys who lead the NFL in history and yardage, and you have guys like Vinny Testaverde moving up there, which as much as we like Vinny, we would not argue that Vinny was really ever an elite quarterback in the NFL. Had some good seasons, but he never really was. Um, so, but yeah, Ben put up a lot of yards, but yeah, bad interceptions. But I, I was just really more struck on – with the idea that that defense, particularly early, just looked like they were getting pushed around by by Cleveland. And, and I think Cleveland has a bit of a chip on his shoulder. And it's been 17 years since they won in Pittsburgh. I mean, at a point, you know, it just time is on your side. At some point, you, you, you're, you're going to get a win. But boy, that was there. That, that was an embarrassing loss for Pittsburgh in many ways. No, I agree. And of course, the the you know the typical overreaction is out there, and it's either Tomlin or Roethlisberger. Uh, Tomlin, it's uh, as I mentioned before. I'm not sure what their record is since they won their last Super Bowl, which oh by the way was 12 years ago at this mm. point in time. And they were in a Super Bowl again in 2010 against the Packers. I don't think they've they've gotten into one since. And uh, their record has not been great in the postseason uh, in that subsequent 12 years. So you can look at Tomlin. You can look at uh, the, the, the way Cowherd phrases it. It's buttoned up. They're not as buttoned up, to your point, prepared. It doesn't seem like they are. It doesn't seem like they have been. But also, Roethlisberger really does look like he's a different guy. 38 years it, old. It, yeah, exactly. And, I mean, we're so – we're so spoiled by Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady. Right. Drew Brees is 42 and, 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 and Tom Brady, unbelievable, 43 years old. Uh, Roethlisberger is not that. No. He, he's not that. He's treated his body like a rodeo most of his career. And, um, you know, I think he might I think he might be done. And but his I game will... also, Mark, his game. I mean, he was great. We talk about extending the plays and staying in the pocket. But what we never actually finish that sentence is that a lot of times he was taking hits after he got rid of the football. So his game is a, is different than those guys games. And, it, and it's clear that he has a lot more tread off of his tire than those guys. So we're. uh it, it's very it's very strange with, with the way Cleveland finished. I thought Cleveland had been very up and down as a finish. But you look at it, and yes, they had a five-point loss to Baltimore, which was a classic game. We yeah. talked about that. They did have the inexplicable loss to the Jets, who were in the midst of a two-game winning streak at the time. And uh, they, caught them, they caught the Jets when they were hot. And uh, they also had a lot of guys out on, right. at that particular game. But other than that, I mean, they, they have now won six out of their last – you know, six out of their last eight, they're they're on a bit of a roll. And conversely, John, actually, Seattle had won six out of seven. Yeah. So I I didn't really see them struggling down the stretch. As a matter of fact, their defense had really stepped it up down the stretch. But and offensively, thought, they were really inconsistent. And Russell Russell Wilson had been really inconsistent towards. So yeah, maybe I misspoke in saying overall because you're right. That defense had gotten better, and it's interesting because early in the season we all said. 
well, yeah, Russell Wilson, but that defense, yeah. and they kind of flip-flopped. They played very, very inconsistently. Uh, Derek Abbott, who, uh, who like you and I, Mark, are, we, we, we were not necessarily blessed with the height gene, uh, saying he never wants to hear about short quarterbacks when a literal building with arms gets these three passes a game batted down. And uh, there, was, there was some of that, too. I mean, credit, credit the Cleveland defense though because from that to you you brought up the the, the fumble where James Conner and uh and, and Ben Roethlisberger were playing rock paper scissors as they walked back to the ball as it rolled towards and so that was just remarkable but I mean there were seven Browns I think in the end zone with that ball when it happened and and I really do think that I we is maybe a perfect storm of things you had a Pittsburgh team that since they were 11 and 0 the most questionable 11 and 0 in the history of the National Football League. They have played more bad football than good. I think we would all agree with that. They really only played offensively one really good half of football. Um, you you yeah, had you had several intangibles for Cleveland that could have been looked on as negatives. Stefanski being out. The COVID thing requiring, you know, Baker Mayfield said, joked that he introduced himself to one of his linemen before the game. He'd never met him before. Um, Those things going for them. And then also the fact that I think because they're Cleveland at times when they struggled, we undervalued them more than we do teams like Seattle when they struggle because we're used to success from them. And I think it was just a perfect storm of a a team that just was done hearing it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and really, really, uh, produced on the, on that big stage and, uh, good for them. I think it's good for football. I, th- I um, think that the Tomlin era in Pittsburgh needs to end because clearly there's something wrong there. If you look at Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, this, those two situations, which you can blame on upper management, but they're, they, they don't, they have so many weapons and they're just not getting it done. I mean, they have three receivers that any team would love to have yeah. as their number one receiver. We have breaking news. Well, during the podcast, breaking news. Breaking. Uh, if if you didn't expect it to happen, I'm, I'm I am I have to admit I'm a little shocked. Are yeah. you? I am I'm too. Not. Doug Peterson out in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little shocked because what you're three years removed. Three years, that's it. Three from years. The Super Bowl, um, the only one your team's ever won. Um, but it, it, at the more and more information that we got, Mark, I the the idea th- that we had uh, with Philadelphia with the quarterback situation was that it was. Uh, that it was Doug Peterson that wasn't handling Wentz, and this is what the front offense uh, front office wanted. And then the reason that Hertz was pulled in that final game was because you know the, the 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 front office wanted to take a look at what they had, and it was more important to see moving forward for them. It didn't matter about New York and Washington and all of that. It was more important than winning the game. And I guess what we're hearing now, and how much of it is true, is that um, maybe that was unilaterally a Doug Peterson dis- decision that may have ultimately done him in. Um, I know things were not where you wanted them to be there, but boy, three years removed and this funky COVID year, I'm really surprised Doug Peterson's out and he's going to get a job pretty quickly, I would think. And hopefully because of the fact that you could tell that their potential franchise quarterback that came in and looked lights out was very unhappy with how the end of that game was going. And if it it wasn't Doug Peterson, if it was the front office, Jalen Hurts is going to want out of there. Yeah, I yeah, I it's it it boy it puts them that's oof. 
as a Washington football fan, I'm I'm happy. Let let it continue to be a tire fire in Philadelphia. Amen, brother. Uh, let it continue to be a tire fire in Philadelphia. Of course, then they're they're going to get Eric Bieniemy and they're going to sign Taylor Heineke, and it's just going to ruin my life. Man. If they get Bieniemy, do they get Deshaun Watson immediately? Does that come as a package? Well, he's got he's got the right of first refusal there. He's got the no trade clause, and uh, that's something I want to talk about later in the show too, because the idea of him going to Miami and what what they would get back, and depending on what the rebuild is. Um, that's that's a, a great story. But uh, Doug Peterson out in Philadelphia, Mark. And Derek has the perfect uh, the perfect saying. The, the city now has a statue of the Bears' backup quarterback, a fired head coach, and a fictional boxer. What a town. Oh, hey, yeah. man. They, they had, had a great crazy. 18th century. They, they had a great 18th century. They really, really did. They, See, it's they, the, I say it's the Dolphins' perfect season. You had the best 18th century of any city in, in the U.S. I think we would all agree. Uh, in the colonies and then and then the United States. Um, but guess what? If that happens, yeah. eventually there's just there's just a price to there's just a price to pay. There's a price. That's to all pay. you're saying. Nothing all of your free. There's all just your heroes last That's 30 seconds or they're fake. They That's need to it. move that bell out of town. That's clearly the problem. I mean, that's the last time they were good was when that bell was broken. And then the bell you know, the bell cracked, and we thought that would be the turn, but no, that, that wasn't the turn. But uh, So Doug Peterson out in Philadelphia. Wow, that's something. Um, all right, well, let's jump back to these games over the weekend, Mark. We talked about Cleveland and Pittsburgh ad infinitum at this point in time. Um, I, I want to – Seattle was, was, was shocking to me as well. It, it was – it, it wasn't shocking as you watched it because you, you what you saw was that that defense for the Rams is um, you know, their best defense of football for a reason. I was uh, I was shocked, though, Mark, because I kept watching that game and thinking you got to go up to two touchdowns. You have to go up two touchdowns. You Always. don't. Yep. And Seattle was just un, unable, unable to do what Russell Wilson seems to do week in and week out, which is allow them to play a subpar football game and then win it in the end. And he just couldn't do it. Yeah. And he always, you know, gets about 50 yards on the ground yep. in the fourth quarter. You know, he always picks up these key third downs in the fourth quarter, but they were, they couldn't put uh sustaining, they couldn't sustain drives consecutively. Anything. Anything. And that was the problem. And even, even as Aaron Donald, frankly, was out of the game for most of the second half. Yes, he was. And so that does bode well for for a, for a defense that is that is you know pretty banged up. Jalen Ramsey does make a huge difference as well. But it did shock me. Seattle hadn't lost at home since 2004. So that's a long time to not lo- ever lose at home in the playoffs. So that's, that's a long, long stretch. And uh, it was pretty shocking. It's pretty much a fade-up complete that they go and they're playing in Seattle in the playoffs, they're going to win. But again, no fans in Seattle. And yep, there uh, it is. You take the cheater element out. You take the <laughs> cheater element out of uh, Seattle, and they're in that it's not really a home field advantage, is it? Seahawks. Those speakers that they pump the crowd volume through to make it 50 times louder are still there. And I can guarantee you they were still doing that. Yeah, you could, you could hear there were some crowd noises going on there. there so, was, uh, but it's, it's it, not the same. I, as, as as a public address announcer for a place where there are crowd noises coming in uh, and and well few fans and now no fans uh, starting on Thursday uh, for Thursday night's game it, it is different either way you know there is there is no doubt about that it is a different feel and aren't there some sort of regulations as to how loud they can be didn't Indianapolis go through something like that back yeah in the I think 80s, there is a 
Yeah, I think there was something like I think Atlanta actually was uh, was called accused of. Yeah, you got to keep it under 200 dB. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, um, But I get really I think if you look at it, Mark, and you go backwards and I know you said as far as the record, Seattle over the last four or five weeks, but their offense was trending in the wrong direction. And that's not a defense you want to come up against in that situation. Um, That said, you know, Congratulations to both Cleveland and Los Angeles. You know, uh, now Cleveland, you go to Kansas City and LA, you're going to go to Green Bay. So bye-bye. enjoy your week. <laughs> I, I, w- I was watching that game and and Derek probably, he's listening. He could probably speak to this, but I was watching Jared Goff and I was like, this is a di- different uh, Jared Goff than I'm used to seeing. And I wonder if him worrying about his hand getting hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, he- making bad decisions because he was paying more attention to that than anything else. So he's well, making crisp throws and good plays. To have your thumb has to be, you know, and I played football for two years in boys club, a uh, quarterback, and, and, you know, we never threw the ball, so I wouldn't know. Derek, you know, having your thumb uh, injured to the point that his is, got to make it difficult to hold on to the ball. And then the other thing about him, and everybody talks about it, is when things are going well and when he finds himself on schedule and that offense is in a rhythm, he's great. He just doesn't work well off schedule. And he just is not, um, you, you know, he we talk about a guy who is in, in many ways a system quarterback who has skills that fit that system. But when the system's tripped up, Mark, he he can't get a lot done and they're not running the ball as well as they did towards the end of last year. It's one of the things that made them better. Towards and, the end and, of and that's what you need to win playoff games. You need yeah. a quarterback to make the difference. Josh Allen made yep. the difference he in sure did. Indianapolis Buffalo. Lamar Jackson made the difference in Baltimore versus Tennessee. And 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 they made the difference off script. They made the difference when things broke down. And that's what you need to have and uh you know it not many quarterbacks do that. Aaron Rodgers can do that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes obviously can do that. Russell Wilson can do that. Lamar Jackson can do that. Josh Allen we're seeing can do that uh, to some degree, Drew Brees, but less so than the ones I just mentioned. But then there's a whole tier of court. Deshaun Watson, I think, can do that. We'll get to him in just a second Future with all the rumors out there. <laughs> you know who also sort of did that, Johnny? A little bit, showed flashes of that a little bit, kept this team that was ill-regarded coming in in the game. Yeah. A man with a great first name. A great first name, Kiki, and uh, you know, uh, what was he? What was he? What was he doing two weeks ago, John? What, what was Taylor Heineke doing two weeks ago? Uh, three, weeks ago? Uh, th- three weeks ago, he was contact tracing for the government. So that was, you know, so, his, so there you go. So we thank you for that. Helpful, it's a decent gig. Yeah, not, no, not he was getting gig. his. He was getting his. Um, finishing up his degree at Old Dominion uh, a College. I know tons of people who went to in Virginia and getting his math degree, which says something, you know, he's one of those math nerdy guys too. So he's going to be probably, you know, understanding the offense and things, which is all the things that they talked about coming in with, with Heineke was he is a guy, he's that, you know, the quote unquote gym rat that you hear about basketball players, um, a high football IQ, um, and I think what he showed was he's got some he's got some flashes. Now, is he Clint Longley? For those of you, there's a 44 year old 
Uh, Dallas, 46, I believe. 46-year-old reference. Yeah, you're right. 74, 46-year-old reference. No, 76 may have been his last year in the uh, in the NFL, Clint Longley. Uh, look it up, people. Um, or is he somebody that... Maybe that's uh, the new name of our show. Look, look it, it up, up people. Well, I thought he was the every one of our references needs someone needs to be on their phone. I thought he was the Bulls center for a few years. He might, he may very well have been. He, he oh, may very well nice. have been. But he showed some things. Derek Abbott talking about Wolford too felt really bad for the Wolford kid uh, for um, Los Angeles because he got what borderline cheap shot. Uh, I think ever they were arguing over whether or not that was uh, that was a penalty. Uh, he was hit with the shoulder on the top of the helmet. I think it was more unfortunate bang bang play than anything but got a stinger in his neck had to go to the hospital but uh yeah i I agree with Derek, uh and i agree with you on taylor heineke mark that you know certainly certainly they've done their um their ancestors bank accounts well if they manage their money well because i I made a different comparison to, uh, to taylor heineke and that's he's the new kurt warner he was bagging groceries. They brought him off the streets and bam. Wow. That that humility of, of uh, flaming out and then getting another opportunity really bodes well for this kid. I always yeah. said the University of Florida, the five-star quarterback never ends up starting. It's always the guy who's like the walk-on. So and yeah. Derek, Derek probably loves Heineke. Sure. And he made plays with his feet. He made he plays off script. He kept Washington's drives alive he kept tom brady off the field through the ball well it was it was fun to watch he's fun to watch and there may be a little maybe there's a little uh i don't know if there's a future yeah you're right it could be clint longley could be clint longley could be luke longley could be luke longley for all we know (laughs) if luke longley is your quarterback and you're getting passes batted down back to Derek's point there's there's a problem there because you're 610 i believe and you really shouldn't have passes not batted down but uh yeah something to build on for for washington i think all in all if you're a washington football team fan uh in a year like this with all the things that they went through with you know particularly at the quarterback position um that that's a that you certainly like to win, but the fact that he had the ball in his hands down one score at the end of that game versus that team with all of those weapons. Yeah, it's that's, you know, I don't believe in moral victories, but Washington's going to walk away from that game feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good about themselves. I think. Moving and, on. and when you, when we see the matchup coming up, we see the Rams going to green Bay, going up to Lambeau field. It's going to be, you know, 40 below. And uh, the Rams are the Rams are banged up. Cleveland's going to Kansas City. I don't see that going well for them. Kansas City lost two games this year. One was a throwaway at the end, and one was you know against a division rival that they lost by three or four points. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay goes to New Orleans, and I have looked at this, John, and I be- I don't know if there's been another example of a team playing another team three times in the season uh, during the season, the third time, obviously being in the postseason. We know about Jacksonville, Tennessee in 1999 and Tennessee won all three games. And one of them was close and the two and two weren't including the playoff game. And you look at Tampa's defense, who I thought was a pretty solid defense halfway through the season. And it's probably maybe the worst defense that's left among the, you know, eight teams that are left. Possibly. Buffalo's and defense is a bit New suspect. Orleans defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I 
I suppose you can make that argument. Probably on the but AFC side. New I'd Orleans defense. Yeah. New Orleans defense is much better than we give them credit for. They've yeah, been yeah. they've been very strong. They seem to have Tampa's number. I I don't know. I don't. I, they're going. They're going to New Orleans. I don't think Tampa makes it out of there. I really don't. I just Tom Brady, third time through. Um, I I think we we will all agree that their offense has improved throughout the the year. I think no they're doubt. they're learning. I mean, I think it was an embarrassment of riches. I agree with what everybody said. There were so many things going on that that maybe they needed to sort of simplify and just say, why don't we why don't we limit it to three reads per pass play instead of seven? We might be asking a lot, not of you, Tom, but just of like everyone else who plays right. the game. Right. Um. It. it I. I. It, New Orleans just they. They don't seem like they can run away from anybody when I watch them play. It's like they can't shake loose of the teams that they're playing. They're not with all of the things that they have. And certainly Michael Thomas has been out. I think he scored his first touchdown of the season in the game. First touchdown in like two seasons. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, What? I just don't. If you're them, I just don't think you want Tampa Bay hanging around. And I don't know that they can shake loose. I don't know that they're explosive enough to shake loose. You're right about the Tampa Bay defense. They have times where they look like the, you know, the Tampa Bay defense that won the Super Bowl. And then there are times when, you know, there there are holes in that defense as well. So it's, uh, I think that's going to be, I I, I have a feeling that game's going to be a bit of a shootout, to be honest. Perhaps. And you talked about surprises. Who is surprised that Antonio Brown has a touch has a playoff touchdown after everything he went through? I'm not I, I, at the time when he was out, when he was just I'm surprised he's out. back in the league. I was surprised he's back down. in the league. Yeah, and he's not only back in the league, but he scored. He scored. He scored a touchdown in the playoffs. Do we do we now start to take away credit from Bill Belichick because he was the guy that could take those retreads? and make these guys that seem to have head problems good players in his system. But he's not in Tampa. Was it Tom Brady the whole time that sits these? Because he even went over to Antonio Brown at one point and was like calming him down. He I, he might be the guy. I think, it's, I think it's hard to make, you know, we all want to make a unilateral decision on all of this, that it's either, you know, God, uh, amazing in our society today that it's, you know, it's black. Everything is black and white. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's very shy. either or. Everything's either or. I don't think you can understate what either of those guys do for the team that either they're coaching or the team that they're on. And I think Bill Bill Belichick has enough of those retread and questionable guys. Now, a, a lot of those guys were offensive players who had that kind of Corey Dillon. Uh, Randy Moss, though I, I always think that was overstated on Moss. I don't think Moss was ever. Yeah, he was a good guy, and he, he, he was, and I and I like him as a, a broadcaster too. I have to be honest. Um, but uh, there are also some guys on the defensive side, so I think it's probably a combination of both. And you you like to also let me let me just say this, Mark. You'll appreciate this because I know you're a redemption guy. You also like to think that maybe Brown's getting a little smarter. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Is that he? You know, when he's around a guy. Uh, like Brady, although he was back then with New England, to your point, Jeff. But he's a little bit older. He's gone through it. He saw that everything was that he screwed everything up. Yeah, he literally lost everything. He had everything when he went to Oakland. 
and he lost. He celebrated when they cut him. Remember that? He was celebrating. That's how deluded he was about the just the gossamer nature of your career in the NFL. Come on, dude. Just didn't get it at all and now does. But I think you may have a point, Jeff. Not only did they not make the playoffs and here with Tampa, you know, winning their first playoff game onto the onto the divisional playoffs and Antonio Brown uh, performing well. Uh, but maybe Bill Belichick, maybe because he's a great defensive coordinator. Remember, he was the defensive coordinator for those Giants teams in 86 and in 90 that won that shut down that Buffalo Bills offense and, and, and uh, shut Patriot down that 49er team. offense prior to that. And the Patriots team that went and, and played Green Bay and and they had a great defense yep. too. I think he, he I think the, he was in Buffalo at that. I mean, excuse me, in Cleveland at that point. Was he? Was he not in, with Parcells? in '96? I think he was in Cleveland. He may, he, he may have been there since uh since '95. I think you're right, John. Yeah, but um, uh, but he built that defense. To your point, that defense was built on yeah Bill and, Belichick. Ab- absolutely, and he um and he was there with Bill Belichick early. You know, he was there in New England before he went to Cleveland. Right. So, you know, he, he started building that particular uh, defense that eventually came of age in that, uh, you know, 96 Super Bowl but uh, or, or that 96 season. So maybe he's just a great defensive coordinator. And all these years, Tom Brady was a great <laughs> offensive coordinator. Because look at the offensive coordinators that they've had that have moved on. Bill O'Brien, eh. Charlie Weiss, no, not really. Mm. Uh, I mean, the... Flores is a defensive guy, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I don't know. Maybe maybe he just got super, super lucky. So to your point, John, yes, he's a brilliant defensive mind that needed a brilliant offensive mind who also happened to be the best quarterback of all time to handle that side of the ball. Well, well if he made the call to say, hey, Gronk, go hang out by the left tackle and make sure that 99 guy doesn't get to me ever, then – He's definitely an awesome offensive coordinator because, oh, my God, how they shut down Chase Young was incredible. Yeah, they did. They did a great they did a great number on him. Um, some other guys stepped up for the Washington, but they did. They did a great number. I, here's the thing, though, you know, reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Tom Landry and Roger Staubach and and to a lesser extent, even a little bit Don Meredith that. Tom Landry was, you know, Mr. Buttoned Up. He was the defensive coach for the New York Giants when Vince Lombardi yep. was the offensive coach. There's probably your best offensive and defensive coordinator of all time on the same team. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, but his teams never seemed to perform well when he had quarterbacks that were an extension of him that always seemed to perform better when they were quarterbacks who operated outside of what he would have liked because there are – volumes reams of information on that about frustration with Don Meredith, who was a guy who could play off schedule. I mean, he was a gun kind of a gunslinger and certainly Roger Staubach may have been one of the three or four best off schedule quarterbacks ever. So maybe, you know, maybe it is, maybe it is this, um, the, uh, the, the sum of the whole are better than the sum of the part of the holes better than the sum of the parts situation. But I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to denigrate either of those guys. No, obviously. There's plenty of information that Bill Belichick took this season not less seriously, but realize given what he was playing with this year, the, the cards that he had moving forward, that this was going to be a challenging year. And 
maybe just maybe he was auditioning for next for people for next year across the board. I I, I don't know, but I'm yeah, not gonna... we, will we will see. We will see. He he got the Cleveland Browns in the mid nineties to the playoffs. Had him had yeah. him at eleven and five. So it's not that he's a necessarily a bad head coach. And if they hadn't moved out of Cleveland, if that own. hadn't started happening, there were a lot of people who believe there's a thirty for thirty on that. I believe or or a football story. I think a football story um, on that. The, a lot of people believe he would have had sustain, sustained success there. Um, but we all know that ending up with Tom Brady was, you know, congratulations for realizing what you had, but there, there's an element of luck involved with, with everything. Um, Speaking of luck, Derek brings up the point. We all know the bucks are going to win because of they're going to win on some controversial, massive, super strange play because saints. Now we, we know that about the, the Rams game in the conference championship with the, with the PI call or the, the phantom PI call. And uh, obviously the year before that, they lost in the division uh, playoffs with Minnesota with um, I've, I now can't even remember his name. The, the quarterback, the uh, journeyman quarterback that played for the Broncos after that. Uh, um, I can't remember his name. Thanks for making me look stupid too. I always think Kirk cousins and it's not Kirk. It's the guy that they swapped Jay Cutler for, right? It's it's the guy who uh, actually did a little uh, bit for our open at the ESPN club. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he said, guys, I haven't heard him. Here's some yeah. guys I, I you've never and, heard of. We hadn't heard of him either. At, that at point. any rate, they had those two, but but what else? What else? I mean, I know the Niners game last year in the regular season was a a barn burner, and that cost them the home field. But then they lost to Minnesota inexplicably early on. I, I don't, I don't know if they're really that cursed of a team. I, I, I don't think so necessarily. I, I do think to your point, John, they seem to have, that's a, that's a good example of the, the sum, uh, the whole is not necessarily greater than the sum of its parts. That's the parts are amazing on the saints. The defense yeah. is stepping up those play, you know, you got Kamara and Thomas healthy and, and drew Brees back there. Sean Payton's a good offensive coach. Uh, all the Jason elements Hill's are there. Difficult they just, to defend, yeah. They just don't seem to have to have what it takes to get over the top. But I do think they'll do that this week. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know about I don't know about the if if they're if they're cursed. I'm sure the fans think that there's always something that that comes up against them. But well, I think if they could come together, to your point, Mark, offensively, I think if they could come together um, and and show us 80 percent of what we think that offense could be, that they'll probably work their way through the Buccaneers relatively. I'm going to say relatively easily because Buccaneers are going to put some points on the board, but I, I would favor them in that. But that's a hard one. That's a hard one for me. Tom Brady, third time around with that team, the way that offense has, has played. Um, I want to jump back to Antonio Brown for a minute and say, I think one of the best things that might've happened to him is to get, uh, end up on a team where yeah, he's he not wasn't the guy. that important. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he was a, he was an extra, you know, he's the, the third uh, wide receiver. You know what? I'll get the seat heaters on this car. I don't really need them, but they'll make me a little more comfortable. And that's kind of who he is. Whereas with new England and with, with Oakland, I mean, Las Vegas, whatever in the hell they were at that point, you're going to be the guy. And I think maybe that helps him smarten up a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, as but they're integrating him in, into the offense more, which is frightening for anybody who ends up. It, it is. And you're right. They're, they're getting it. That offense is clicking. That, that offense is like, okay, we are on the same page. Yeah. So that is scary. They weren't on the same page in the previous two meetings with the Saints. So you have a good point. I'm I rooting very hard for the Tampa Bay 
Buccaneers to win. So um, there's old and there's if Tampa Bay ends up if if what we think happens if this remains chalk and this is still the continuation of the 2020 season and we've talked about it, uh, Lakers, Dodgers, Alabama, Lightning. Ohio State, Lightning. All the surprises come in the early rounds. You know, we've had our surprises now. Tampa Bay has to go to Green Bay. There's history there when those great, when Brett Favre and uh, those Tampa defenses that Tony Dungy had with Warren Sapp. I mean, there's some, there's some fun history uh, with those two teams. So that would be, uh, that would be great. And of course, Brady versus Rogers is something we all look forward to. All right. Before we move to Breeze, obviously is a great one. Absolutely. Um, All right. So anything else with these games? Uh, It's, it's Baltimore that goes to Kansas city. Um. You know, uh, the two best off-script quarterbacks. No, I, I think Baltimore goes to Buffalo. I think Baltimore, Baltimore goes to Buffalo. Baltimore has to go to Buffalo? Why, I why do I think? Are they be, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think Cleveland, no, Cleveland goes to Casey. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cleveland goes to Kansas City. Okay, uh, Buffalo okay. then. Buffalo, almost the same situation. Buffalo and Baltimore, two of the best. Case off- Keenum. Case Keenum. I just, I just came up with it. Case Keenum. Yes, yes, Case Keenum. Gus Farratt shook the memory. Two great off-schedule quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Probably the two quarterbacks who made the biggest difference in games this weekend. I agree. That's fun. That's a fun game. Holy hell. How did – I don't know. It's – you know, you you would go, well, it's in Orchard Park, but, you know, in front of, you know, 3,000 versus – 60,000. Well, wasn't that interesting? It's New York State, one of the yeah. most restrictive states out there, but it's in a more conservative area of the state than the <laughs> city, obviously. So MetLife Stadium would have no one. But up in Buffalo, they had people. They had yeah. probably 10,000. Yeah. Well, and, we, you know, MetLife, had there been a playoff game, come on, that comes into play as well. I mean, they, they tried. And it seems like people can in the stadiums can distance themselves. I mean, I go back with, with Bill Maher saying, now, wait a minute, I can go to the gro- grocery store, and I know you have to do that. Or, but I can't, I can go on a plane, but I can't sit outside at a Dodger game where I'm, you know, the, the, I think we've all had our issues with that. But that notwithstanding, I think we saw this weekend, the home field advantage is not what home field advantage was before. The weather is now still an issue, but I, for Baltimore and Lamar, are they playing crappy weather as well? I don't think that's going to be a big deal. We don't know yet. Precipitation and wind. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll take a look. Uh, but that is just really a boy. That's a pick em game for me. That is really a pick'em game for me. I I think no, that I the agree. fact that I think the fact that Lamar had the chip on his shoulder and has gotten past it now may bode quite well for him going forward. I don't disagree with that either. I don't disagree with that either. And, and Buffalo, point. you know, it's been so long. Yes, they played well yesterday, and you know, but is there? They, again, they asked Josh Allen to win that football game really for them. They weren't running the ball particularly well. Their defense is a bit suspect. It's gonna, I think that's going to be another high-scoring football game. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Sh- I, I think. I have to look at the stats. But weren't wasn't the leading rusher for both the Ravens and the Bills their quarterback? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty fun right there. That's pretty it, fun. It is. That's a it's a it's a great matchup. Um, yeah, it's it, it's really good. It's really interesting, and uh, that'll be a fun one to break down. And then Cleveland at Kansas City. I just think 
I, I just think Kansas City's too loaded. Yeah, they're me just too. too loaded. And it like their team, Johnny, if they were to get behind 28 nothing in the first quarter, whatever. Doesn't matter. That happened last year against the Texans. For In fact, out. I think that's what they needed last year. I don't know that they do, but it seemed like last year they needed to get behind to just snap them into, you, you know what I mean? They, they say teams can't flip a switch. They were they, down 28 nothing, and by halftime they were ahead. Well, and how many times were they down double digits? Let alone that double digits throughout the season, and that's when they go. All right, well let's 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 turn things on. Yeah, I think I think the magic's going to run out a little bit for Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, and I think we're going to see is, uh, yeah, it's going to be Kansas City and either Baltimore or Buffalo. Two teams they beat this year, by the way. Two teams Kansas City beat this year. Yeah, and uh, again, there you go. The three quarterbacks who are best working off schedule—that's uh, what you have in the in the AFC. So, if 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 only Deshaun Watson had played for Indianapolis, that might have been a different game. Um, Speaking for, of for them, all right. Uh, yeah, we'll get to the national championship game in a minute. But here here are the other stories outside of the because we'll talk more about the playoffs and everything. The other stories we talked about: Doug Peterson. I was going to bring that up and say that I think it would be ridiculous to fire Doug Peterson. He's been fired, so clearly uh, Jeffrey Lurie or whom, whoever owns the the Eagles right now, not a fan of after further review. Uh, or maybe understanding that you just do exactly the opposite that we say that will probably get you ha- find you'll find more success. Deshaun Watson is unhappy with what's happened in Houston. The coaching search they have had a front office thing for a, a long time um, that uh, that struggles in their front office. Watson was under the impression he was going to be brought on board uh, for the decision making to get a, a GM and then a coach. He was not brought on board, apparently, for the GM. They, they brought in an outside firm that recommended somebody. They ended up picking someone else. Um, Deshaun Watson, like after further review, are fans of Eric Bieniemy. He wanted Bieniemy interviewed. They're the only team, apparently, that did not interview Eric Bieniemy. Um, and Bieniemy may have dodged a bullet there, given on what's going on in, in, in the front office. He has a no-trade clause, but he has said that – one team has come out where one where he would waive the no trade clause, and that's Miami. They have the what 18th pick in the first round, the fourth pick in the first round, I believe. Miami, the, the Dolphins, I think it's the third, third pick, 18th pick, and what and two in the second as well. People are talking about is it would take Tua and the two first round draft choices at least to get Deshaun Watson. Is that a deal you make, Mark? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Don't even think about 100%. it. They don't get the sentence out of their mouth. You make that decision. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. That's all you do. They, you know, and the, it's a it's a deep draft for wide receivers, which is what mm-hmm. the Dolphins need some wide receivers. They do. They do need some offensive line help, but Deshaun helps them with that clearly yep. for yep. for obvious reasons. And you've got a very good culture established. You've got a winning culture now established. You've got a defense that is close to being elite. And now you stick a elite quarterback in there. Yeah. I, I It's a no brainer. I love Tua. I think in it's my great. opinion, it's a great story, but this, this is a proverbial burden to hand to me is that you can, you can hope that he continues on his upward trajectory. And remember this too, with quarterbacks, we've seen this guys have had good first year, and then there's a sophomore slump year. And then some guys have never, ever gotten back to where you thought they could be, where they were, let alone where you think they could be. 
I just don't think where Miami is right now, Rick to Meyer, your point, ahead of schedule. I think if you if you have an opportunity for an elite Pro Bowl level quarterback, and I think Deshaun Watson is that guy, then you you take him in a minute. You don't do it. I said it yesterday on our text chain, Mark. You don't do that for Matt Stafford. You don't do it for Matt Ryan. Um, what other other quarterbacks no, no, might close. be might be out there? But for Deshaun Watson, one hundred percent. Jeff disagrees. I do. I just see Miami in such a good situation with those two picks. If they take an offensive lineman, a left tackle, possibly with that with that higher uh, pick, and then get a wide receiver with the later pick in the first round, they have Tua, who has an opportunity to be great. I know Deshaun Watson is he twenty eight too. I mean, he's young. Yeah, also, he's still. So, yeah, he's still young. I mean, it's. It, I I personally wouldn't do it, but I also will not fault them if they do. Do and normally I'm on Jeff's team with this. Normally I'm like, oh boy, I, gee, I like those high draft picks and everything, but I just think this is Deshaun Watson. It's not Derek Carr or any other number of good quarterbacks who could end up, you know, because there's been discussion about him. I I just think this. I think you. I wonder if you think about making the move if you're the Houston Texans. That's the one that more to me. I guess say, well, gee, you know, I'm asking this young quarterback to come in. And it was, look, they're not going to admit that the culture, that there are problems with the culture. But when your Pro Bowl caliber quarterback wants to leave and is angry, there, there are problems going on. Because Deshaun Watson is not Antonio Brown. They or, have they have the same needs as the Dolphins right now. Yeah. And one of those teams had more than 10 wins and one of them didn't. I mean, it's the Dolphins would be wise to stick with this team the way it is and add a couple pieces to strengthen it as opposed to kind of Flipping the script. I mean, you are flipping the script if you if you bring in a quarterback of Deshaun Watson's caliber. The only thing I could see as a downside is Mark, you lose draft choices. But as we've talked about, you get start getting out of the top ten, and how often you hit on draft choices is not as frequent as people like to think it is. I think the light when you flip the switch just goes on brighter if you bring in Deshaun. I don't think you're flipping any. I think you're just plugging him in to a position that is the most unevolved position on the team. And now you're putting someone in there that is highly evolved. If you think, if you look at it that way, and it's, it's the premier position of, of, of any team. It's the most important position, obviously. And I just think it immediately upgrades them as opposed to waiting on Tua. Uh, I know it's a good plan. And I hear what you're saying, Jeff, in terms of this is, this is working out. We did very well this year. Tua was six and three. Oh, by the oh, by the yeah, way, yeah. in an up and down rookie season, we've yeah. talked about what happens in year three with these guys. As a rule, look at Lamar Jackson. This is year, isn't this year three for the guy? I mean, he's learning and learning and learning. They all, you know, Josh Allen, year three. This is, uh, you know, so who knows what Tua is going to be in year three? This is year one, and he was still six and three. Yeah. So uh, I see your point. But still but, here, who knows? That's but, the, yeah, still the who and, knows. And, and the one downside, because I do think it's a deep enough draft, Jeff, to get a good wide receiver. Uh, and they have two second-round picks, and they could bundle them together if they needed to. But uh, it, it's the, it is the offensive line issue. And does Deshaun help that because he, you know, can extend plays and can, you know, can uh, stay out of harm's way a little bit? Um, you know, obviously they need a better running game to help the offensive. I mean, it's amazing how good offensive lines become when you have a when you have a running game that's that's a threat. Yeah, and it's because that the offensive linemen, as a rule, prefer to run block because they're attacking as opposed to defending. Oh yeah, they would always prefer that. Yeah, always. Uh, so it's very interesting. But I I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, Houston would uh, save a lot of money. 
on the cap. Tua's on a rookie contract. He, they've got two first-round picks. They gave him away. Remember what they did, uh, didn't they? Yeah, yeah for they, Larry Tunsil. That's fourth, right. The third-round pick that the Dolphins have is actually the Texans' right. pick. From the Laramie yeah. Tunsil. The third pick is because of that. They gave them their first round pick. So, you know, now now we get it back, plus one. So it's it, it's it's a net win for the Dolphins. I, I I see the point about giving up on Tua this early. You know, but at the same time, if you've got Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'm yeah, it's 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 not again, it's not giving up on him as the top five quarterback, Johnny. Cardinals gave up on the Raven uh, okay on Josh Rosen after one year. I mean, this is yeah. Yeah, you is is he a top five quarterback, guys? Um, Deshaun, I'm, not if you are looking at his most recent uh, his most recent season. Yeah, but I mean, I don't you're, think you're I, I no? throw the record out in that situation. I mean, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins for God's sake. Um, Derek Abbott saying yes. Uh, it's hard to call five. him a top five. Yeah, it's hard to say that though because just think about. The quarterbacks that are in the league right now. Well, Mahomes, top five is Allen, saying a lot. Lamar, Brady, Lamar, Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Breeze. I, I would you, rather, would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Drew Brees? What's that? Now, at this time I'd rather have Deshaun Watson next year than Drew Brees next Me year. Me too. Me too. Agreed. Um, would I rather have? Deshaun Watson next year than Tom Brady? Maybe. I think I would. Yeah. Derek Derek pointing out he played at an MVP level with limited resources and scheme. Well, hell, then he should go to New England. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's just an interesting story. We'll 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 talk more about this. He had 4,800 yards this year. He was 177 yards away from a 5,000 yard season. He uh let's see, what did he do? He threw for 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. That is all pro. Those are all pro numbers for a bad team. Yeah. Yeah. Deshaun, you know, and, and uh, he also ran for 444 yards, scored three touchdowns as well on the ground. Boy, I tell you though, if if, you have to argue though, you can put up a lot of numbers on a bad team. If you're passing, you can, you can, but I, I just think to not to argue, he is an elite level quarterback. And boy, you have to wonder if you're bobbing there and the people down in uh, Houston, you got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. If you get, if you end up losing Deshaun Watson, boy, I tell you, you better make some moves. You better very quickly turn your 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 program around. And like I said, Eric Bieniemy may be very very lucky that he did not interview and get that job because that job may end up being a hell of a lot less uh, appealing. Uh, without Deshaun, without Deshaun Watson, it's not a particularly appealing get job in any way. This was Deshaun Watson's fourth year in the league, by the way. So it'll be his fifth year in the league. This was by far his best st- statistical year. And remember, the first year he only played seven games. Yeah. So he's only had this was his th- third full time season. So he's impressive. I think. I think. I think he's. I think he's argue. I think he, if you got Wilson, Mahomes, Jackson. Allen, I guess Rogers. you have to put. I yeah, you obviously have to put Rodgers in there. So maybe he's maybe he's you know maybe he's uh, sixth. Although would yeah. you would you rather have him than Lamar Jackson? But probably not. I don't know. Somewhere, That's, Jimmy hmm. Johnson's telling the Miami Dolphins, "Don't make that trade." I've seen what happens when you make that trade. Mm. I would say Deshaun is. 
you know, a lot better value than Herschel Walker. Oh, Lord, Lord, yes, absolutely. Herschel Walker was had like three years left in his career. Classic compiler. Never good really running back. That, yeah, never really a superstar. Yeah, good, good running back. Um, in yeah, any case, all right. Uh, the other story was the enemy story uh, that. Uh, he, he interviewed for every job. It does not look like, at least rumors are, he's not going to get another job, though Philadelphia is now opened up. Um, and uh, Jalen Hurts would benefit from an Eric Bieniemy. Uh, there's also talk that Bieniemy has gone back to the Kansas City Chiefs and said, I, I kind of like to stay. <laughs> what I'm looking at, I, I, if I leave here, I want to leave here for the right situation. And uh, with Jacksonville seemingly hell-bent on making the wrong decision and taking Urban Meyer. I don't know what's going on in San Diego, which is where Biennemi played the majority of his career in the NFL, if not all of it. Um, but it looks like he may sit around for another uh, year, but that may benefit him uh, in the end. All right, let's stick to, we've got to switch gears because we're, uh, we're running up on, uh, on an hour here and we want to try to keep these shows more succinct. Um, national championship game tonight, obviously Alabama, I believe is a, is a full touchdown favorite. Uh, if not, more. I think eight. yeah, I think eight it, it's up to, it's up to eight. Um, if Ohio state plays the way they did against Clemson, I think this is a good football game. I just think meaning depth, Justin Fields plays the way he did against Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got, uh, he's got some injuries cause he's got some core injuries as well. That's what kind of happened to him. And that makes it difficult to throw. Now he, did throw well with that injury after it in the game, but there's a difference between injury and injuries like that when you're warmed up and you've got it and there's a little bit of pain versus now it's had time to, uh, to tighten up. It might be more of a problem for him, but um, I just, you know, Alabama and eight seems right. I said seven and a half. I think I wouldn't right uh, the Monday after those games or perhaps even right after the game. When I, when I texted to you, that seems about right for me. Um, I don't really have any more thoughts on that game. I just think Alabama's got too many, too much talent everywhere for Ohio State. I, you know, they're both top five offenses. Mm -hmm. They both have run through their conferences over the last five years. I think they each have 54 wins yeah. uh, in their conferences over the last five years. Um, they both have great running games. We forget about Ohio State's running game. Mm-hmm. That kid got 140 yards against Clemson, and that set up, to our point earlier, that obviously sets up Justin Fields. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, if they can do that, if they can establish any sort of running game, then I think it it should be a, a fun game. But I, I agree with you, John. I think there's just too much for Alabama. There's just too much. They're just uh, – it could be a good game. It could be a classic. It could be nip and tuck. But I think you're right. I think in the end, Alabama has too much, and they'll probably win by about 10. And I think what Florida did is what maybe Ohio State could hope for. It's, you know, Florida with not as good a defense as Ohio State, frankly, um, and uh, kind of a subpar Kyle Trask early. But but in the end, they were able to give them the game in, in a shootout. If you get the Justin Fields of the of – the, uh, or the Ohio State offense of the Clemson game, then, yeah, they, they certainly got a puncher's chance. They can put some points on the board. But I uh, again, just I think in the end, the depth of Ohio, uh, of, excuse me, of Alabama just wears down Ohio. State. I, I, and I think that's in the end it too. With with uh, Florida, that was the case, and Florida has some good depth. Obviously, Ohio State has some good depth. Uh, if if it's like if they play like they did last week, John, if Ohio State plays like they did last week, it's going to be a great game. Yeah, and, let's hope. So. 
And I would say it's anyone's game at that point. But remember, against Indiana and against Northwestern, the defensive coordinators were basically able to confuse Justin Fields. Yes. And they weren't able to do that last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Clemson's D coordinator couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure out a way to confuse him. But he looked kind of lost against in Indian, uh, Indiana and certainly against Northwestern right. as well. So um, what Justin Fields are you going to get? Yeah. If you get last week's, it's going to be a it's going to be a great game, and it'll be amazing. He's he's going to look like an abacus as far as his draft position just sliding up and down. Because I mean, he was you know many people saying, is he really even a first round draft choice? To now the second best quarterback on the on the on the, he's going to go in the top five. There's you know the Jets could do better. Well, this will be better than Trevor Lawrence, and if he has a subpar game tonight against Alabama, then all of a sudden it's going to be, you know, you'll be able, the Dolphins will be able to pick him up with that, uh, those second round draft choices that they have. So uh, the overreaction will be fun uh, to watch. Um, The only other thing I wanted to touch on right here, because it actually affects me, I mentioned it earlier. Uh, The NBA now has to, has to cancel. Uh, They're postponing a game for tonight. There's a Tuesday night game tomorrow night. That's postponed to, I think the Celtics involved with they're down. They don't have, eight guys who are available and healthy to them. Uh, it has been announced that Amelie arena where I'm uh, lucky enough to working for the Raptors uh, will stop having fans in the stadium. They're about 3,500. I know it holds 19,000 for uh hockey game. So, uh, you know, I, what a one sixth audiences or crowds, what they've been saying and pulling them away. There is some movement with people saying, Oh my goodness. If the NBA is going to continue with this, they may have to bubble up a little. Do you see any huge changes coming? I'm not talking, you know, they're talking about changes in in um, some of the, the COVID protocol. We have been very, I'm, I'll am i be on my way to, I'll be in Tampa for 11 straight days because we have like four games coming up and I have to get tested on all the games uh, days prior to those two, two tests, negative tests prior to that as well. I'll be tested on game days. Uh, do you see anything, Mark, that they could do because it's unrealistic to bubble up at this point in time uh, to improve their chances in the NBA of getting all their games in. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get all their games in, but I don't think they're going to lose that many, you know, maybe a dozen tops, maybe 10, you know, five to 10. I think they're going to play it. They're going to play it as agile as they can. They've shown that they can, can do that. And other sports have also shown that they can do that. Uh, they're looking at college basketball, which is, you know, Struggling. really uh, in certain pockets very messy, and then in other er- in other conferences just fine. Um, I think they'll be fine, and I think uh, in terms of your job, John, they're going to want to keep the they're they're want to they, they want to mimic a real game, yeah. real game situations. Uh, as much as they can, so I think a PA. Oh, yeah, I'll still be. I'll still be announcing. The NBA is is, is a frontline worker. Yeah, you're a yeah. you're an essential worker, Jenny. Yeah, that that decision's been made. Uh, I guess uh, they want to keep it as as close to. The, and this is only, by the way, in, at Amelie. This is only through the February fifth. It's a month of this because uh, surge is uh, down in that area. Um, yeah, I I don't know outside of. Maybe looking at the teams that have had the issues. We saw this with baseball early on. Remember, there were a handful of teams. Yeah. Most teams, we were all surprised how, how well they did. Um, so there's talk about now, you know, uh, buttoning up things like when people are allowed to go out to dinner and things. I, I agree with you. I don't think there's a ton they could do league-wise. I think they just have to look at each team, Jeff. 
I think yeah. that they're, they need to bubble in a different way than they bubbled last season. And that is, they're going to have to bubble these guys into saying, you can't go out. You can't go see other people when we're in these towns that, you know, it seems safe, but this is too much riding on this. You just yeah. have to lock it down when we're on the road. You have to stay in your hotel rooms. You have to do, because that's what baseball did. Baseball said, yeah. listen, we have a problem here. So what we have to do is we have to ask you guys, your professional athletes, you have to treat this differently. So I think that what, the, what they're going to do is say, hey, you guys, when you're at home, you've got your family, period. No outside sources. When you're on the road, you're staying in your hotel. And I think they can solve this pretty pretty easily that way. Yeah, they're also going to limit because I noticed, you know, from down Raptors, you know, during shoot arounds, teams are interacting a little bit. They're talking about, you know, let's let's limit that as much as possible. Cause then, you know, you get one guy who affects one team, but if they're interacting during shoot arounds. So anyway, fingers crossed that they can keep it uh that they can keep it going. Um I I get I agree with uh, with what both of you have said about this is it, it reminds me of baseball. We panicked. We all did, you know, when's it going to be shut Keith Oberman every every uh, shut it down now. They were able to get through it. I think. Uh, I think the NBA can. He's such a pessimist. I know he really is. Which He's I sort of agree because I'm normally a pessimist. But you are. You you normally uh, again optimists uh, see a you know cataclysmic event and and see opportunity. Pessimists see opportunity and turn it into a cataclysmic event. Yeah, Marty. Mark, you and I could both agree, though. We wish that baseball hadn't figured it out. They had not finished that season, right? <laughs> I okay. think we all three would multiple agree. asterisks. Jeff, multiple asterisks. Oh, believe me. Believe me. I've definitely multiple figured out asterisks. many asterisks. No one's going to count the 2020 season. No one's going to count it. Although the Dodgers now, they're, they're th- out of their last three world championships in the last 40 years, two of them have come in interrupted seasons. So there it hey. is. That's like the Washington Redskins in the 80s. Yep, two, two, two inch strike shortened seasons. All right. I think that's about it. I think we covered everything. We had breaking news with Doug Peterson. Uh, so another chance for Eric Bienemy, who we're all we're all pulling for, but boy, What's do you want that job right now? What's up with San Diego there? Why ha- why why are the rumors f- swirling around that he's not gonna get a shot there? Well, he's interviewed for that job. He has. He's interviewed you know, for the Jets as well, for crying inter- out loud. Every, every gig except yeah. for, obviously, Philadelphia just opened up and and and, and the Texans hadn't had him in, which just, if Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, why, why? Um, it's it, Houston, John. I, I, think he, I, th- I think he wants that Philadelphia job. I think that's a job he will want to take. I think they got a lot of pieces there. I think they're really close to being a great competitor, so... I think if they offer him that gig, he will take it. It's going to be I mean, interesting it, to see what they do with um, with Carson Wentz. He's he's done. Carson Wentz is going not going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. If he still is, then Bienemy needs to turn that job down right now. That needs to be part of the bargaining chip. Okay, time to move on. He can go play somewhere else. He needs to change of pace. We got a guy. Let's move on. And is it Alshon that's on that team? Alshon, Alshon Jeffries. Alshon Jeffries. Yeah. You know, when he's healthy, he's... He's a very good wide receiver. Yeah. I know he's getting a little up there now, but yeah. they've got some p- offensive pieces. And de- I mean, they have been so banged up over the right. last two years. And again, it's it. What surprises me isn't that people were unhappy with uh, Doug Peterson, and I think there are legitimate complaints about him. Just surprised in a COVID year that a guy who three years ago won championship that no one ever thought no one thought they were going to win that football game and no one thought that Doug Peterson my god when he was hired I I was like well that'll there's that'll last three years lasted a little bit longer I guess in the end I was right they had to end up firing him but uh again I don't think Doug Peterson's going to wait around for a job Derek Abbott has come up with about 
Derek Abbott has come up with about eight one-liners in I know. Uh, in this particular episode. They're all funny. <laughs> the latest one is Wentz is going to stay. His contract said so. This one, this, Mahomes is like a still, serial killer in a movie. You can't kill them, and they're always going to come back. It's and I, completely I wrong. We just need the Steelers to lose more. We yeah. just need them to lose more because he is he is on a rant right now yep. because it's you know on on some level nothing matters. And he's about him. eight icy at, lights at in. least today. Hawaiian Alex Smith. That's what he's calling Tua. By the way, that's Hawaiian Alex Smith. You can win with Alex wow. Smith. Wow. Yeah, it, Alex Smith. Once Harbaugh got there, had a very good winning record. Tua six and three. Anyone was going to want their quarterback to you know to play at a six sixty six level, six sixty seven level, which is yep. what that is. That's yep. you know that, that's ten wins a year, ten or more wins a year. Going to be an interesting offseason, any way you look at it, with all these coaching changes and uh, and the quarterback situations in different places and Cam Newton. Where does he? Uh, Jameis Winston. Did we see him? You know, he's another one of the guys. He's going to be working somewhere next year and backup quarterbacks as we have seen guys backup quarterbacks in the nfl right now are important i said uh about the dolphins thing deshaun watson and ryan fitzpatrick's your quarterback room yes please because remember deshaun has gotten beaten up a little bit yeah. he's had injury issues so you know you want to have fits there for a, for a quarterback who's probably going to miss three or four starts that's exact the sweet spot that's what it you is. want it is it's so great story so we'll see moving forward. All right. I think that's about it. Watch Dairy Girls on uh, Netflix. You'll only understand about 70% of what they're saying. Or you can just have, uh, you know, you could just have the subtitles on. I don't know why you don't. I, that's That just makes it easy for you. Like, you, you have to be I don't elite. even training wheel entertainment. Elite. You have to be elite with that. It's just yes. such an elitist thing. Like, it is. don't you want to know what the story is? Don't you want to know what they're saying? I, just, I FaceTime uh, Joe Connolly now, and he he he's he's figured it out. He can yeah. he can uh, translate. You can figure it out after a while. You know, try to try to better yourself, Mark. It's not like I can't lift that, so I'm gonna try to just get get things that weigh less. You know, it work out. So watch it and and learn how to get it. You, you just said seventy percent. So are, do you anticipate it being more by the end of the series? I do. I anticipate that I'll be better at it by the end of the series. Derek, by the way. Right. So, saying he witnessed the Steelers try to cover Jarvis Landry with a linebacker on third down for the third straight year that he is now numb to pain. All right. So there it is. Steelers, yeah, he, bad decisions. He's gold. he's gold. If the Steelers lose, man, Derek is set him off, wind him up and set him off. Derek's running on work. D- D- Derek's running right now on Steelers, bad decisions, two high safeties and about a half a case of icy light. So knock yourself out, brother. Uh, we'll hopefully we'll get you on later this week to talk about stuff. That's it. Bonwin, look for it. I fingers crossed that we're all correct, and uh, or uh, what we're hoping for will happen tonight. The good Justin Fields, yep. The, the good Ohio State offense. Give us yep. a college football capper that lives up to the hype because that's something that we we'd like to see because we didn't really see that for the for the uh, for the other games. We didn't. We didn't really see that. Notre Dame didn't college, think you, college football was a bit of a disappointment this year, John. A little bit I of a disappointment. I think you. Even you would agree. Yes, and they can. They can get it all back tonight with a good <laughs> national championship game and denying right. Nick Saban his seventh. Is it seventh national championship? Whatever. It's just stupid. Just yeah. stupid. Couldn't Probably cut it. The best college coach of all time. Couldn't yeah. cut it in the NFL. Just want to say that. Well, I see that Mark didn't watch the icy light. 
Bowl because that was a terrific match. Absolutely. Iron City Light Bowl, Mark. You missed it. Who uh, who are the two teams there? Uh, and and were the, did they have more than two wins? Combined? Uh, combined? Yes. Uh, I believe it was uh, I believe it was Wyoming Tech. Sure, Wyoming Tech. And uh, and Utah A and T. And Utah A and T and together. Yeah. <laughs> three. They were three and fourteen combined. Admittedly, bowl season. Not among their top ten. Uh, it's twenty twenty. It's yeah. twenty twenty. You can throw a lot at it is twenty twenty. You know. You can. You can indeed. And because it's twenty twenty, I have to go out and do some trimming now. So four. Technically twenty twenty one, but twenty. It's still twenty twenty. It's yeah. long. This, this, the seasons that started. Yeah. Are what carries over. So buckle someone, up. Someone said they were watching the news with their kids, watching what happened last week, yeah. and the and the young uh, daughters looked to their mom and said, "Mommy, I thought you said twenty twenty one was going to be better than twenty twenty. And she just said, "Ah." <laughs> It's it's and continuation of the season. It's continuation of the season. We have There's to get into the next. There's a little it bit is. of burn in. a little bit of burn in. There's a little bit of burn in. All right, for Jeff Taylor. There is. There is. Yeah. It started. In, it started in March. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So it'll 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 carry Go through. Ahead. So there you go, people. Just just hang tight. Hang tight. Yeah. It'll uh, it'll all. But it's still going to be Green Bay and Kansas City in the Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Uh, for Jeff Taylor, finally, yes, Mark Ferreira. Right. Right. I'm John Pelkey. Uh, we'll talk to you on Wednesday, everybody. Take care. Be good, Derek. Calm down. Relax. Mm-hmm.